Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! Yes, sir. Man, what, I, I'm doing locked on so long, I don't even remember what my catchphrase was when I started out. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Dime Dropper Season 3. Hope everybody had a great summer. I really apologize for the lack of content on my channel, even though there have been some videos over the summer. Shout out to everybody listening on the Apple Podcast and Spotify version as well. If you're tapping in with me through there, wherever you may be, again, I appreciate the support as always. Make sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Why not? Five star that thing and let me know what you think of the podcast. To anybody that's listening that's followed me from Locked On, appreciate you for tapping into my personal channel. This is where I get to do whatever I want, say whatever the fuck I want with no restrictions or anything, doing my thing the way I want to do it. And I'm really enjoying my stuff over at Locked On, though. So if you guys are listening to my channel, go uh, subscribe to Locked On Clippers to support me because I do those five days a week and I'll have to do those this season. But that does not mean that the dime dropper content is going to decrease significantly. So for Laker fans, here are the, here's the new formula. And by the way, there are no dime dropper teams except for the LA teams. I'm sticking with that format, but I am getting league pass back this year. So I'm going to be tapping into other teams more frequently, especially if there's question marks about them or there are things that I want to see them, want to see about them. Like if there's a big game and I'm surprised that a team lost, I'll go check out that game. I can do that and give you guys a little more insight on other teams this season throughout the season. Because unlike last season where there wasn't that much offseason shakeup, this season there wasn't necessarily too much offseason shakeup, but we have so many players coming back from injury, like significant players, that makes a lot of teams, some of which I'm obviously, I mean, I'm talking about every single team in this preview, very briefly though for some of them. I'm not trying to go over five minutes with each team, and I'm going to be talking about them, and I'll tell you which teams I'm really going to be focusing on in the beginning and watching a good amount of their games from, and yeah. But Lakers and Clippers are going to be the only two teams regularly talked about and regularly going live to talk about. Shout out, by the way, 18 people listening live right now on the on the YouTube. Shout out to everybody, man. We're trying to make a comeback this season. Last season, the view count was really low. It was kind of depressing. And I appreciate every single one of you that stuck with me through that because it was tough. The algorithms were fucking us. But I'm really appreciative of all you guys that have continued to stay supporting me. And I know exactly who you guys are too. And I promise you, I keep saying it, but one day I will repay you guys all. I promise. And by the way, if you're looking at me on the YouTube version and you see me with that dime dropper green screen, it's not a real green screen. It's the virtual background that StreamYard offered me. And I'm going to actually go get a green screen and see if that works better for me. But this won't be my permanent background. It still looks corny if you can look at it. But... Uh, right now, if I if I were to take it off right now, it's just a blank wall behind me like you've seen on Locked On Clippers. So I'm going to keep this. I think it looks kind of cool, though, contrasting with my white shirt. By the way, my white shirt 
that is Luke Kennard. We're going to be getting into the Clippers, but I'm not going to be talking about them too much. Sadly, Clipper, fa- Clipper fans and Clipper Nation listen to this. Because if you want to listen to me talk about the Clippers, I've been doing podcasts for over a month on them on Locked On. I've said just about everything and more about them. But I'll still be talking about them briefly as I go through the standings prediction. But by the way, my shirt, Luke Kennard. If you want to check out a lot of my shirts that I wear, the Clipper shirts, you got to check out my man Ernie, man. He be selling these, the clip set collection. That's all him. Go check it out if you're a Clipper fan and show some love. He's a great guy. He loves the Clippers. He stays at the games. I'm putting his link up right now in the in the description. LAClipset.com. I'm putting it in the description, but I'm also showing it on screen right now. And if you're listening to the podcast and you're a Clipper fan, go show my boy Ernie some love. Cop some shirts. LAClipset.com. But anyway, let's get into it, right? A very interesting offseason that was dominated by storylines not even having to do with actual moves. You know, you had Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole. You had Ime Udoka and the coaching scandal that he went through with the women. And so much that we still don't know about that. Kevin Durant's trade request. Kyrie Irving opting into his contract. Ben Simmons is back now. It's just, it was a circus. Phoenix with with Robert Sarver and the DeAndre Ayton situation. I'm going to be talking about all of it. So I'm going to start from the back. The team that I have... Oh, by the way, I need to finish off on this. For Laker fans, I will still be going live as much as I can. Obviously, guys, there are going to be times where I'm I'm short on time and I have to do locked on. It's a a paid job, so some lives will be sacrificed. I'm still going to try my best, though. Laker fans especially, I'm still going to try to go live, and you can still tap in with me. Same format. I'm going to do the podcast and Apple... Apple Podcast and Spotify version without looking at the comments, and then I'll go live and look at your comments. Or I'm sorry, I'll be live the whole time, but I'll take your comments after that version is done. But I'm also, I may trim the live chat version of the chat. I'm, I'm sorry, the live chat portion of the video on YouTube and try to trim that off so that the people that are coming the next day not only don't have to watch that if they don't want, which they already have the option to, they could just exit out of the video after the podcast is over. But I think we'll get a lot more new subscribers that way. Because I feel like my videos go so long. 40 minutes versus an hour, I think a person that hasn't seen my video will be more likely to click if it's 40 minutes. So I'm going to see if I can trim off that fat. But I still want to talk to you guys. Which leads me to my next thing. Clippers post games. I'm still going to be doing those to give a more uncensored, more fan-sided reaction. Like when I do Locked On, I'm a little bit more objective and I've calmed down. But I'm going to go full-on fan mode again, like you guys loved in 2021, emotions. Because here's the thing, it's championship or bust. So that means every single game counts. And you might think, no, it doesn't. It's still the regular season, doesn't mean shit. Wrong. Clippers need to get a top three seed. I'm going to talk about that briefly in this episode. But that means every game counts. I'm trying to get 60 wins this season, man. So I'm going to be pressed. If we lose to shitty teams, I'm going to be heat. We back. Fiery Dime is back. And that's what y'all love anyway. That's why y'all subscribed to me in the first place. Yes, it's the analysis that's kept you around. But I'm going to be Fiery Dime for the Dime Dropper Lives. It's going to be more reactionary. I'm just telling you now because it needs to be different than the Locked On. I can't just give you the same shit both times. So Dime Dropper is going to be uncensored. And I'm going to be taking your comments in the middle of the video for that. So it's going to be a lot more interactive. So Spotify and Apple Podcast people, if you really want a concise breakdown podcast of the Clippers post game locked on Clippers but if you want reactionary still some analysis a lot of it and interacting with the comments still tune in to Dime Dropper I would love you to tune into both but that's the new format and you know what why not just check out the comments right now before I go down the line okay I'm going to try to not go too long on each team but I appreciate everybody for tapping in Yes, sir. What's up, Alexander? Showtime, Nick. I'm here. Well, I'm off from work in 15 minutes, but I have nothing to do right now, he says. Appreciate you, Showtime. My boy, Ryan. 
Uh, you like the intro a little updated? You like that new intro, guys? I appreciate that. What's up, Eric? Jordan Francis, good to see you, man. June 28th, July. It's good to see all the new, all the familiar faces back. Nathan Cruz, appreciate you, man. Gabriel, Domo Genesis, really appreciate the donation. Remember, guys, you can always chip in. I'm, I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and helping me pay for those kind of things. It really does help. Even goes, even a little bit goes a long way. Thank you, Domo Genesis. Excited for the season to start. Oh, man. Don't talk about the Padres here, man. We're not getting into that disappointment that the Dodgers disgraced the entire city with. Um, what's up, Remy? My boy, Edward Vera. Let's go, Clippers and Luca. We're going to forget about that second part. My boy, B. White. And June 28th, July, I think less foul language helps the algorithm. The algorithms would disagree with you, my friend. All my highest videos are me cussing up a storm. So I don't know about all that. My boy, Uzair Khan. What's going on? Gabriel, yeah, you make a good point about the Clippers last season. I think he says, I think also because of the Clippers' mediocrity and Lakers being horrible, but should be different this season, especially for the Clippers. You're right about that. I think Laker fans didn't want to tune in because the Clippers were, you know, mediocre but better than them, and the Lakers were so bad. This season, we're back to Clippers' championship expectations, Kawhi Leonard back, and when that was the case, the view count was out, out the ass. So I'm excited. I think this season's going to be a lot better, and obviously we're doing Locked On at the same time, so they will, you know, coincide with one another ernie what's up man speaking of the devil clip set yes sir you already know man i'm looking forward to seeing you again this season um dime getting accustomed to you soon oh man put that guy on a t-shirt i already have one t-shirt my mugshot but that's another story for another day uh back in college don't worry i'm not a criminal oh man edward already complaining okay someone asked you going to the clips home opener i should be i'm gonna try all right let's get right into it guys i've gone 10 minutes talking about the whole agenda but Let's talk about each team. So, sorry if I don't look at your comments right now, guys. I'm locking into this. Fit, going backwards, in 15th and final spot of the Eastern Conference, I've got the Indiana Pacers. This team is just not very good. They're in full rebuild mode. The Indiana Pacers have kind of stayed in this middle ground since they've let go of Paul George. They've been the five seed. They've been the six seed. But they never have really been in the championship conversation. So they really scrapped it. They traded Sabonis. They don't have TJ Warren anymore. They still have Miles Turner, who's seemingly the most involved player in trade talks every single year. But they got Tyrese Halliburton, who's an amazing piece to build off of. Chris Duarte, who had a really good rookie season from Oregon, played with my boy Will, who was on the podcast. You got to go check that episode out. Will Johnson, grandson of Marcus Johnson, my good friend, and son of Chris Johnson. And then Buddy Heald is over there. And then you got Jalen Smith, who was with Phoenix, was the 10th pick in the 2020 draft. And Benedict Mathurin was their overall, I'm sorry, their lottery pick this year from Arizona. Long arms, length, but... I don't think, I mean, they're just not very good. So that's all I got to say on the Pacers. I got them finishing dead last, but they could maybe finish 14th or 13th. Who knows? Bringing up the rear in the Western Conference is none other than, I can't believe I'm saying this, the San Antonio Spurs. How the mighty have fallen, ladies and gentlemen. Ever since Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu left this joint, it has been stinky. I feel bad for the fans. Nobody goes to their games anymore. And it is just depressing. So San Antonio, their team is absolute dog shit. And that's putting it nicely. Their best player is Keldon Johnson. They just traded DeJounte Murray to go full-on tank mode. And we are going to see generational tanking this season with one of, the ghost, one of the craziest prospects I've ever seen in the history of basketball, Victor Wembanyama from France. 
that's obviously going to go number one in the draft. You're going to see generational tanking this season, and the San Antonio Spurs will be part of that discussion. Apologies to the Spotify and Apple Podcast people. I've had like a cough recently, like a very lingering cough, and I've been getting my throat dry when I talk a lot in these podcasts. So if you hear me coughing for a second, apologies. But San Antonio, Devin Vassell, I mean, they got Joshua Primo. They have some interesting players, but they're going to be terrible. In 14th, this is a little controversial, but I got the Charlotte Hornets. What a disaster of an offseason for them. They have not gotten better in any way. James Booknight. (coughs) Apologies, guys. Sorry. James Booknight just got arrested today. Miles Bridges had the whole sexual assault thing. He's not going to be playing. And LaMelo just got injured and there's no timetable for his return. But I think he's going to be back in like probably late November or early December maybe. If that. But overall, this team's not good. They already showed no you know, defensive mentality at all. They got wiped off the floor in two consecutive playing games both years. LaMelo doesn't set any tone on that end for me. I think he's going to have a good season, but they're trash. After Miles Bridges was their leading scorer and they lost him. It's just, they could probably finish higher than that, but I just think they're a disaster. So the Charlotte Hornets are my 14th seed. And then my 13th seed, I'm sorry, my 14th seed in the, in the West, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, shout out to my boy Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think another great season's coming from him. But it was very unfortunate that Chet Holmgren, the second overall pick in the draft, um, got hurt. Got hurt. And is going to miss the whole season. Got hurt in that, it wasn't a Pro-Am game, in that Seattle Pro-Am, Jamal Crawford's thing. So that's really unfortunate. He was doing some crazy things in preseason. So he's going to miss the whole season. So the tank season's on for OKC. Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren. Twin, twin Towers, maybe? We'll see, but I don't think the Thunder are going to be very good. I think SGA is going to put up numbers, though. So if you have a fantasy team, SGA. That's my that's my advice. 13th seed in the East, the Orlando Magic. Now, I kind of like some of the young players they've built. They got Paolo Bancaro, the number one pick in the draft from Duke, who I actually watched in the tournament. He was super impressive. Super strong. Great lower base like Scotty Barnes. Looks like he has a better jump shot than him, though. And it's going to be exciting. And he's athletic. I really like him. He's strong and he's really tall. And then you've got guys that really didn't make that much of an impact yet, like Jalen Suggs, who you're still waiting for him to kind of show all the hype that out of Gonzaga that he came in with. Cole Anthony, I mean, I think he's an exciting offensive player, but he's just very small. He's a smaller guard. Franz Wagner is an impressive player who was really interesting last season. One of the best rookies. I really like him. We still haven't seen anything really from R.J. Hampton. And are we finally going to see Jonathan Isaac? He's day-to-day on ESPN right now. I mean, I think this team has some potential. And I think it's, they're still a couple years away. But Paolo Bancaro could be that franchise centerpiece. So I got them finishing 13th this season. 13th in the West, I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. I think they've got some exciting young pieces. Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Alperin Shangoon who I really like because I saw him working out with Hakeem, and I need to have that somebody's tapping into his resources. I really like that, especially Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, having that as a luxury is is huge. And I think Jalen Green, I think people are a little low on him. I think he's going to show some people that he's really solid. And then they got Jabari Smith Jr. out of Auburn in the draft. 
and he was the third pick. So I think the things are going to start looking up in Houston. They also have Josh Christopher and Jay Sean Tate, who are some solid players as well, as along with Tari Eason, who was the 17th pick in this year's draft. So they got two picks in the top 20. I think they're going to improve, and they're going to be the 13th seed, but they're still just very, very young. The 12th seed, a team I'm actually kind of excited about, is the Detroit Pistons in the Eastern Conference. I think Cade Cunningham is going to make a big leap this season. He's going to have a great second year. Because remember last year, he didn't even start the season. So having that experience under his belt, I think he's going to come out really good. He's joined by Jaden Ivey from Purdue, who Asher told me is good without the ball. And if you know Asher, he's been on this podcast. He's watches a lot of college basketball, covers college basketball. And I'll take his word for it to the bank. I think that's going to be exciting. They obviously lost Jeremy Grant, but they still have Sadiq Bey, who's a sniper and only getting better. Isaiah Stewart's an exciting, tough center. And then Boyan Bogdanovich came over from Utah. The sad news, Marvin Bagley. It looked like he had a serious injury in preseason. Going to be out for a while, which sucks. Um, Jalen Duran was a rookie they also got this year in the draft. He was the 13th pick from Memphis. So two lottery picks. I'm sorry, not two lottery picks. Yeah, two lottery picks. Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. And they still have Killian Hayes, who I'm not big on. He hasn't really shown us much. But he'll come off the bench, so at least his role will be reduced. But I like the Pistons. I got them finishing 12th, and I think things are finally starting to look up in Motown. Number 12. A team I'm really excited that's going to suck this year. The Utah Trash. Finally, I can call them that. And it's funny because uh, Mr. Locke, shout out to him. He's a, ja- he's a jazz fan, and he's the one that runs Locked On and created it. But, I, you know, I'm not going to hide my distaste for the trash on here. They suck. And now they actually suck. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Escar Gobert are out this bitch. And they got Mike washed-ass Conley and, you know, Colin Sexton who and Taylor Orton Tucker. Taylor Orton turnover. I think they're actually going to have really good seasons, though, personally. I think they're going to put up stats, but their team's going to be awful. They're going to lose. That, now that they lost Rudy, their defense is going to be Swiss cheese. Carving through them like crazy. So whole, so many holes. They got Lowry Markinen, Jared Vanderbilt, who's a good defender, and Kelly Olinick. But my God, is this team trash. They're going full-on Victor Wembanyama, in my opinion. They may be even worse than I thought. Honestly, Houston could be better than them. They're garbage, though. And I'm so happy that they're garbage. So that's the jazz, or the trash, as I call them. The 11th seed in the East. So this one I actually had to put some thought into, both of these. The team that's missing the play-in. The Washington Wizards. Now, I actually kind of like the Washington Wizards roster. I think they actually are fairly deep. But I don't know where the defense is going to come from on a consistent basis. And Bradley Beal, as great of a scorer as he is, he really lacks seriousness to me on defense. He, he does this whole thing where he acts like he's like, you know, so committed to winning and I want to win with Washington. But he's just re-signing for extreme boatloads of cash. And I see him putting up points and not putting consistent effort on defense every night, which we, the reason why I'm saying it with such a, with such conviction is because we covered, covered, quote unquote, the Wizards in the 2021 season when Russ was there and Beal, he didn't really try on defense like that. And then offensively, he scores points, but like they're filler points. Like a team will go on an 8-0 run and he'll score points to end the drought or break the drought, but he doesn't take over games. He doesn't go on huge runs of scoring. Like he scores points that somebody else would have scored. You know, it feels like, and again, that's being harsh. He's still a great scorer, but I just, as a number one, I don't know if he'll lead a team to the playoffs ever. Um, I, and you could argue though, in 2018, he was better than Wall that year. You can make that argument, but still John Wall was a big contributor. 
They did pick up Monty Morris from Denver, who I think is a really solid player. Will Barton as well, who's a solid player. So the, the projected starting lineup, as it looks on ESPN, Chris Dapps, Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, Will Barton, Bradley Beal, and Monty Morris. But I wouldn't do that at all. I would go big. Monty Morris, Bradley Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis, and Daniel Gafford. And Rui Hachimura, who I'm really big on as well. I think I hope he gets to be healthy and to see him make another leap would be nice. And then Denny Avdia from Israel, who has kind of started out slowly these first two years. His availability was great last year. He played 82 games, if I'm not mistaken. One of the only five players in the league to do that. But you're going to need a little bit more, more, what's the word? Need more ascendance from him. He needs to take a step, basically, in my opinion. And Johnny Davis was their pick from Wisconsin. Lottery pick 10th overall. 6'5", point guard. And we'll see how he does. I think the Wizards are going to be good. I think, though, that they're... I wouldn't say good. I think they're going to be solid. But I don't know if they can stay healthy. And I don't trust their defense. But, like, Rui Hachimura, he's been very injured these last couple years. Kristaps Porzingis, same thing with him. And if Beal gets hurt, they're going to have trouble scoring the basketball. So I got them finishing 11th. But they could finish 10th. You never know. And another team I think could finish 10th easily, and I'm really pulling them for pulling for them to finish 10th, is the Sacramento Kings. I got them finishing 11th right now, though. But DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox is going to be a great duo in the pick and roll. They're going to have Harrison Barnes, who they've had for a couple years now, Rashawn Holmes probably, and now Keegan Murray, who's their rookie, was a fourth pick in the draft. I think they've got some solid players. Also adding Malik Monk from the Lakers, who you could argue was the third best player on the Lakers last year. That's absolutely a big-time addition for that bench. And Kevin Herter, who has been in Eastern Conference Finals games already in his career, I think he's going to be very solid for them. Terrence Davis still coming off the bench. And Davion Mitchell, who was a lottery pick in last year's draft, top 10 pick. Keegan Murray, by the way, fourth pick out of Iowa. I think that Sacramento could really make that 10th seed and finally taste the postseason yet again but it's tough it's Sacramento and that's the main reason why I'm going with them in 11th because they're the Kings and now the playing spots getting the final playing spot in the Eastern Conference I've got our very beloved New York Knickerbockers oh guys I think the Knicks are going to be better this year with the addition of Jalen Brunson. I think R.J. Barrett's going to take another leap. If he can take a real leap, though, and be like an all-star caliber player, then the Knicks could be higher than 10th. But I see him with around 22 points a game, good defense, five rebounds, four assists kind of beat. So that's improvement, just not anything insane. He may be an all-star consideration, though, with that. But for me, it really comes down to Julius Randle. You know, last year the Knicks didn't have a point guard, though. Like, Alec Burks was playing point guard. Derrick Rose got hurt, and this season kind of crumbled. Having Derrick Rose back will be really awesome. But Julius Randle is really the question mark. Like, is he going to be able to hand the reins over to RJ? Because I think that's what needs to happen for this team. He needs to hand the reins over to RJ. Last season, you could see that with the fans back and teams kind of zeroing in on Randle like he was a real star, he crumbled. He had emotional outbursts. He was getting booed by fans. He was throwing temper tantrums. It just, it was not it. And he just, he posts up too high. He catches the ball too high. And you saw an amazing shooting season from him in 2021. And that just did not seem like it was normal. And it and it didn't continue last season. But their starting lineup is Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. But by the way, I think Obi Toppin's also going to take a step. Quinton Grimes, Jericho Sims, 
who, if you remember the uh, episode we did with uh, Fabian and Oh the Great, that was a funny moment. Cam Reddish. These guys should take steps. Quentin Grimes. They have some good young players. Um, and the one I'm really excited to see, he's not even a young player, but Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh, man, it's tough to lose him if you're a Clipper fan. He's going to be great. We already know that. He's going to be great. And in the preseason, this guy's hitting threes. Like, come on now. What the hell? But I got the Knicks finishing 10th. In 10th in the West, I got the Portland Trailblazers. I saw a glimpse of them playing the Clippers. And Damian Lillard's back, and he looks like the Damian Lillard of old. And then Jeremy Grant, I think, is going to be a great pickup for them. He's going to add some some much-needed length and a wing defender. And he also is capable of scoring 20 points on any night. And then Anthony Simons is really good, but their backcourt's still small. It's same like CJ McCollum and Dame. It's Anthony Simons and Dame. It's just small. And they still have Yusuf Nurkic. But their bench is just... They don't have any scores. What I would do is... You know, put Josh Hart right now is starting at the three. They're too small. I would start Josh Hart with Dame and bring Simons off the bench and put him in six man of the year favorite conversation. And but they're not gonna do that, I don't think, because Simons is so, you know, important to the team and they like him so much. But they got Gary Payton Jr. coming off the bench, just won a ring. He's gonna help their defense. Clipper, sophomore or former Clipper rookie, Keon Johnson. And then let me see who else they got. I just I just don't think they're very deep, Portland. And I think, like, Dame, I mean, I love the guy, but he keeps saying, I'm never going to leave Portland. I want to win a championship here. Like, I just think Damian Lillard needs to realize he's not the man. Like, he can't be the man and win a championship. He's got to be secondary. But, hey, it is what it is, right? I respect him, though. But Nasir Little, Justice Winslow, like, Shadon Sharp, like, these guys don't cut it for me. Like, there's going to be a, this is a 10 seed. I really hope Sacramento gets it, gets it over them. And then Dame is like, okay, what am I going to do here? But... The number nine seed in the East, taking a significant drop back to me, the Chicago Bulls. Now, they could easily finish higher, but they're definitely finishing in the plan. DeMar DeRozan had the best season of his career, arguably, last year. I don't think he has that season again. I think he's still an all-star player, though. Zach Levine needs to take the reins from this from this guy. He needs to take, no pun intended, actually, no pun intended, the bull by the fucking horns and say, yo, this is my team. Hopefully, he can stay healthy this year. And average like 26, 27 points a game. Be the leading scorer. I don't like the 1A1. It wasn't even 1A, 1B. It can be Honestly, it can be 1A, 1B. But it can't be that he's the second to DeRozan. DeRozan is peaked. He's not going to get any better. And we already know what's going to happen with him. In the playoffs, he just isn't the same player. And it happened again. But he didn't have as much help, I will say. And the only reason they won that one game against Milwaukee was because of him. But Levine needs to be better. Now, they still have Caruso. They had a lot of injuries last year, but the injury bug continues with Lonzo Ball. And I love Lonzo, but he said, like, he said, I can barely jump. I can barely run. I can't even do that. Like, I'm so in fear of Lonzo Ball's career. It's just he's had such bad problems with injuries in this early, you know, he's just started his career five years ago. This is going to be his sixth season, and he just can't stay healthy. And because of that reason and how much worse the Bulls looked, when Lonzo Ball was off the court last season. I don't think they're going to be very good. They still have Nikola Vucevic. But it's just not it. It's not it for me. The ninth seed in the West. I'm sorry, guys. This is, I'm, I'm very sorry. The Lakers. The only reason I'm saying this. 
And by the way, if you want to hear me go way more in depth about the Lakers, go check out the space on Twitter I just did with my boys CL and Dom. I just talked about them at length. But the Lakers, they didn't really address too many things this offseason. They got a new coach, Darvin Ham. I think he's going to be really good. I listened to his All the Smoke. He seems very serious, and he keeps preaching defense, defense. And he's almost, he seems like he's going to be willing to do things like put Russell Westbrook off the bench. And I've been saying that that's an op- a, a viable option that they should consider last season, but will Russ accept that? I like Darvin Ham, though. I think he's going to improve their team by like three or four wins just off his coaching. But they didn't address that much. They didn't go out and get any wing defenders. None. Just Juan Toscano-Anderson, who wasn't really a, a regular rotation player for the Warriors and has not shown the ability to shoot the ball well from the outside. Or really show much on offense at all. And then they go out and replace Malik Monk with Lonnie Walker. I think he's going to be a streaky player. Will he be better than Malik Monk? I don't know. Kendrick Nunn, though, will be like a new signing, and he's looked really good in preseason. So I think he'll be able to be another ball handler, and he'll be able to space the floor a bit. But they didn't go out and get any wing stoppers. They went out and got Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones. Damian Jones, who they got back, who I thought they never should have let go in 2021. I think he's going to add some much-needed rim protection and vertical spacing. But... When he's out there with Anthony Davis, and same applies for Thomas Bryant, even though he can space the floor a little better, Anthony Davis loves to sit out on the perimeter. Anthony Davis' unwillingness to play the five is a real issue for him and his career, in my opinion, and the Lakers. Even though they won a championship with him starting at the four, he would play the five for extended minutes. So, And at the end of the day, it really comes down to LeBron and Westbrook's effort on defense and their health, obviously. But LeBron and Westbrook last season on defense were just pathetic. Like, especially Westbrook. He needs to just be better, point blank, end of story. And I don't trust that he's going to be better with this team. I think it's a bad fit for him. And even though it can't get any worse, I don't think, if Russ underperforms again this season, not only may he get traded in the middle of the season, which may help the Lakers, he is going to be, everyone's going to just think he's trash now. Like, he's not, I don't think unless he leaves the Lakers and shows that he can still do things, meaning like lead a trash team to the playoffs or the play-in, there's no reason to believe that he's just not declining. I mean, he's obviously declining, but it's no reason to believe he's just not an all-star caliber player anymore. Because the last season before this past season, he was great. He was great. He still took over the second half of the season and got the Wizards to the playoffs. But I just don't see a huge improvement. And then LeBron is going to be LeBron. He's going to put up insane stats. He's going to pass Kareem. And it's going to be the best player ever in year 20. But unless he buys in on defense and sets an example, and even if that means averaging six less points, who fucking cares? Who cares about the points? Win the game. And by doing that, I think defensively, if you see a 38-year-old LeBron playing defense and being sharp on his rotations, everything is going to follow suit. And I think everything's going to change. And a guy that's going to be able to hold the Laker players accountable is Patrick Beverly. I've spoken about his trade video. I already made a video on it, so go check that out. But he's only going to help. He can shoot the ball. He's going to have seriousness. And for that reason is why I have the Lakers back in the play-in. And they could finish definitely higher than this. If AD and LeBron play 60-plus games, the Lakers can definitely get 5 or 6 seed. If they get 60-plus games from LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook returns to even close to what he once was as an all-star caliber player, averages, you know, a more efficient 18-7-7 and and just is a better complement to the guys and plays better defense... They can be as high as four or five. But I think that's an optimistic outlook, especially considering how old LeBron is and Andrew, Anthony Davis' load management. He's going to be definitely load managed. 
and hopefully he stays healthy. But I got him finishing ninth because there's just too many big questions for me. So I obviously just talked about them a lot more than other teams, but it's the Lakers. It's a Laker Clipper channel, so it's an LA channel. So makes sense. In the eighth spot in the East, oh man, I may get attacked by these guys, and they can definitely finish a little bit higher. I got the Toronto Raptors. I don't think they went out and improved their roster at all. I think that Siakam is going to take another step forward, but nothing crazy. I think Van Vliet's going to be good again. I think OG Ananobi is a solid player. I think Precious Achua is going to get better. I think Boucher is going to get better. But I don't think they did anything significant, while other teams in the East that I'm about to talk about absolutely did. And I think Otto Porter is a good addition, and Scotty Barnes is going to take another leap. That guy is special. But it's just, they didn't go out and get enough better. Like, their bench is just not very good. They're just too, like, their starting lineup is so good. And then off the bench, they got Malachi Flynn, Delano Banton, Otto Porter, Boucher, Achua, Kem Birch, Thaddeus Young. Like, he's just, it's not very good. So I got them finishing eighth. And then the eighth seed in the West, a team that I'm definitely, one of the teams I said in the top of the show, I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to this year. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, you might be thinking, how the hell can you have them lower than last year and they got Rudy Escargobert? I absolutely think Escargobert is going to make their team better. But they still lost Pat Bev. They still lost Jared Vanderbilt. Still lost Malik Beasley. But they did get Cal Anderson, too, which is a really solid addition. And obviously, Rudy Escargobert could change their whole defense. The thing about him is, Carl Anthony Towns, this is going to give him the license to just sit on the perimeter and shoot threes. They're not going to get him to post up or anything anymore unless he's in at the five. And I just think that as well of an, as good of an efficient three-point shooter as he is, I'm always going to agree that that shit is bailout basketball. The team will, other team are going to live with contested threes from Cat. He may hit four out of 10, but it's nothing compared to the pressure he could be putting on the defense in the post when they're forced to double or foul. And because Rudy Gobert is there, it's going to encourage Cat even more to space the floor and I think D'Lo and, and Escargo Bears pick and roll is going to be really good. But I also don't know how Cat's going to do as guarding perimeter guys. Because when teams, most teams play stretch fours and guys that are like small forwards playing the four. And Cat's going to be guarding that guy to start possessions. And he's going to have to rotate and almost play on the perimeter defensively a lot more. And I think that's going to be kind of awkward. But the main thing to this team that's exciting is Anthony Edwards' development. He's a special player. He's confident as fuck. And I think he's going to get even better this season. And I he think I think he could be an all-star this year. Like I think it's very possible he could be an all-star. So I got the Timberwolves finishing eighth. And I do think they're better, make no mistake. But I think that naturally the Clippers are going to have a better record than last season. And I think they're going to have a better record than the Wolves. Even though the the Jazz don't are not going to have a better record than the Wolves. The team that I have finishing above the Wolves that didn't last season... It's coming next. But I'm going to number seven in the East, the last playing spot. And they absolutely, make no mistake about it, could finish higher than this. The Atlanta Hawks. They lost Kevin Herter, but they brought in DeJounte Murray. Finally pairing Trey Young with another star. So now there's no excuse about he's the only ball handler. They still have Bogdanovich. They still got DeAndre Hunter, who should make another leap. Uh... Onyeka Kongwu, who showed some really good stuff last year in the regular season and the playoffs. And now they can't take the regular season for granted. They should be fired up. They finished eighth and they bit the bullet. Or they finished ninth last season, but they bit the bullet playing against the Heat in the first round and getting embarrassed. Trey Young was snuffed. He was embarrassed. He got blitzed 
on ev- almost every screen. When they switched everything, they loaded up on him and took away any chance for him to get in the paint. He has now another ball handler with him that's good defensively and maybe able to cover up those weaknesses. I'm really looking forward to watching the Atlanta Hawks. I got them finishing seventh, which is higher, two seats higher than, than last season, but they could finish higher. And the team I have finishing higher than the Wolves, and they easily could finish lower. And could also finish lower than the Lakers, too. But I like them. They're one of the only teams in the league I actually like besides the Clippers. The New Orleans Pelicans. With CJ McCollum, they took a huge leap. They won two playing games, including the one against my Clippers. And now they're getting Zion back, who looks much slimmer. Like he's listened to all the fat jokes. And he is part of one of the best starting lineups in the league. Jonas Valanciunas, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, who's going to be an all-defensive player this year. You can count on it. And CJ McCollum. Even though he's not a traditional point guard, they will have no shortage of shot creation, in my opinion. I think the spacing could be a little funky at times with JV and Zion. But Jonas has shown the ability to stretch it out and make the three. If he can just be short corner mid-range, that also helps space the floor too. But I think they have a lot of good players. I think Ingram and Herb Jones, good length. They have good size. Nobody under that under 6'4 in that starting five. And they also have some really solid players off the bench and are well coached. Trey Murphy, I think he's going to take another leap. Jackson Hayes should get even better. Jose Alvarado was a revelation last year, like a Patrick Beverly 2.0. And Larry Nance Jr. showed really, really good things in the playoffs. So I think that the Pelicans are going to be really fun. I think the main thing with Zion coming back is their defense still needs to be good. Zion has not shown to be a good defender. He's very slow, half-court, rotating, and all that stuff. But having him back in the lineup gives you three star-caliber players. With Zion, Brandon Ingram, who's a definite star in my opinion and should return to the All-Star game this year. Should have been an All-Star last year, but because his team was so bad at the beginning of the season, he didn't get consideration. And CJ McCollum, who is still one of the best players, in my opinion, in the history of basketball, to not make an all-star team. I think the Pelicans are going to be so much fun. I got them finishing seventh. And another team that's going to be really fun that I plan on watching, that I got finishing in the first playoff spot in the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. Yes, it's an undersized backcourt, but as I talked about in the episode with Fabian when the trade happened, they have the insurance policy with Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen behind them. Isaac Okoro is the only question mark. He hasn't shown anything offensively, but his defense is solid, and he's probably going to be tasked with guarding those wing players because I don't see Evan Mobley, Jared Allen guarding those wing players, especially unless they're switches. And Evan Mobley has the ability to guard everybody. USC boy Evan Mobley, fight on. I think he's going to have a great season. I think Jared Allen's going to have another good season. I think Garland's going to be great. What's going to be interesting to me is how Garland and Donovan Mitchell coexist. You know, will it be very take-turnsy? They both can shoot the ball from three, but they need to be okay in terms of, you know, the balance. Who's going to be the lead dog? I'm really interested to see that. I think Donovan Mitchell's the best player on this team right now, but Darius Garland, it's going to be his team. So the the hope for the Cavs is that they eventually end up being a championship contender with Evan Mobley or Darius Garland surpassing what Donovan Mitchell is now. Because I think Donovan Mitchell, he's about to enter his prime. I think we're going to see... Like, this is who he is. He's a really good player. I don't think he's number one on a championship team, but can he be a number two? Absolutely, in my opinion. We've seen him be a number one on a second round team, and he's now playing with the most talent he's played with. And Karis Levert's still coming off this bench. So is Kevin Love. Like, they got scorers. 
They just got to be able to defend on the perimeter is my biggest thing about them. And it's going to take some time for them to gel, but they're going to be really exciting. So Cavs games, I'm going to be watching those a lot to start the season. Finishing in the last playoff spot in the West. You can say I'm a little bit of a hater with this pick, but I think they're going to take a big leap down in the regular season, but be more dangerous in the playoffs than they were last season. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. And the reason why I say that, even though they were the two seed last year, is because Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out for a while, probably till early December or late November. Some say even early January, but I'd say it's December he's going to come back. But he does so much for that team. His defense, being able to guard on the perimeter and on the interior, he was just massive for them last season. They also lost Kyle Anderson to the Timberwolves and DeAnthony Melton to the Sixers. And those were guys that played really well when uh, John Morant missed games. So I think if John Morant misses games, especially with Jaron Jackson out, they're going to have a lot more trouble winning. I think teams are going to know that they're good, and they talk a lot. So teams are going to be more ready for that. And I think as good as Desmond Bain is and is going to continue to improve, I think this team is going to take a couple steps down in the regular season. But in the playoffs, they're going to have that experience from last season, and they'll be dangerous. But I think they're going to finish sixth, and that's mainly due to the injury to Jaron Jackson. But I think John Morant is going to be great again. Number five. So in the East, this was really tough for me. I went back and forth. So many people are so low on this team, and I still can't really fully comprehend why because they just shown the consistency year in, year out to be great. And that's the Miami Heat. But I got them dropping a little bit, and that's because the East got better. But I also think they're going to regress. I think Jimmy Butler's in his prime, and he's going to still be a top 10 player in the league. Because last season, he absolutely was, if you count the playoffs. Absolutely was. Tyler Hero just got a fat payday. Will he continue to improve? I think so. But you just never know. Some people could get comfortable after getting that payday. They lost P.J. Tucker, which is huge. And they didn't really make any additions to take that next step forward. Bam Adebayo has, has to improve. If they want to become a championship team, offensively, defensively, he's incredible, but he needs to improve to take that next step. And Tyler Hero will probably start now that he got that fat payday. I can't see them not starting him. Kyle Lowry, how much does he have left in the tank, though? That's a big question for me. He's getting paid $30 million. He looked fat and old last season in the offs, and he just wasn't healthy enough. If he can be a, a Kyle Lowry even close to the 2021 version, I'm sorry, the 2020 version, I think those days are personally past him. But if he can be an all-star caliber Lowry and be healthy for, you know, 60-plus games, then Miami could finish higher than what I'm saying. And they and they absolutely could still finish higher than what I'm saying, even without Lowry. Because Spolstra just gets the most out of that team. But I think they finish around fifth. Fourth, I still think they could finish fourth, but no higher than four this season for me in my, in my eyes. I'm, as much as I love Jimmy Butler. And unless Bam Adebayo makes that leap, that's really what it's all about for me. But Victor Oladipo, I don't want to leave him out. I think he's going to play a lot more this year, and I think he's going to be he's going to have his best season since 2019 before he got hurt. Finishing with the fifth spot in the West, I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of people are low on these guys because they lost Jalen Brunson, but I disagree. I think they're going to be they were the four seed last season, and I'm taking the Denver Nuggets and the Clippers over them, obviously, but. I still think they're going to be really good because they have Western Conference experience now. You have Christian Wood coming off the bench who's going to be a good bucket getter. 
You added JaVale McGee, who now gives Luka an elite lob threat. I mean, Powell was decent, but now you have an elite lob threat and a better rim protector with Luka. And Dorian Finney-Smith is going to keep getting better. Tim Hardaway Jr. is back to come off the bench. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's going to have a really good year. As of now, they're saying that he's going to start. But if I were uh, Jason Kidd, I'd go Luka, JaVale, who's going to start. They already said. Dorian Finney-Smith's going to start. And then the two other guys. I mean, you have the option of going with Maxi, and then Bullock, which was the starting lineup last year with Powell in place of McGee. I like that because it just, you know, it's it's very Luka heavy. I think the, the, the argument with Spencer is you can take the ball out of Luka's hands a bit, whereas with, with Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, and JaVale, you're almost forced to only do Luka high pick and roll. That's the only thing you can do with that lineup offensively. So... It's not a bad idea to start Spencer, maybe, especially when you have Christian Wood coming off the bench. And then you have that Jaden, is it Jalen Hardy, who looks very enthusiastic. He may get some more minutes than we expect. But I think the Mavericks are going to be around the same record. But Luka is going get, to keep getting better. That's what people don't understand. Like, there's nothing better than development from your star and experience and continuity. The Mavs have that. The problem is they did not go out and get a second star, and that's why they're not going to win the championship or make it to the conference finals again this year. And it's going to put pressure on the organization when they don't because Luka needs a secondary player because he's ready. He's ready to take him to the promised land. He's that good. And he's going to be amazing this year. Absolutely an MVP consideration. The four seed in the East. Now we get to the home court advantage teams. Brooklyn Nets. After a tumultuous offseason, to say the least. Kyrie Irving has stayed put. Kevin Durant has stayed put. Kyrie Irving is playing for a contract. Kevin Durant. I mean, the, the front office, shout out to them. They won out. Joe Sy, Sean Marks. But Steve Nash still has question marks. And there's a lot of question marks about this team. Their health. And the biggest one, Ben Simmons. Back now, he played preseason, didn't look that great, but it's going to take him some time to build that confidence back. I think he's going to be amazing for this team, though. I've said it on many occasions. His defense is was amazing in 2021. He's going to give them size, which they lacked so much against Boston. They got bullied off the court. Now they're going to have him. They're going to have ability to switch more, and he's going to guard the best player on the other team. And his ability to push the pace with Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, and Kevin Durant trailing is going to be huge. I think Nick Claxton will have a good year, starting for them at center. Joe Harris is back from injury. And now you can push Seth Curry, Patty Mills to the bench, which gives them a lesser role, which is going to be big time. And also adding TJ Warren, who's going to be out for a little bit, but he can come out there and give you 15 points a night. So I think it's all about the health. You have no vaccination issue with Kyrie. Kevin Durant has not been able to stay healthy, really, in regular seasons since he came back from the Achilles tear. I see him playing around 55 to 60 games and still being like a top five to 10 player in the world. Kyrie Irving has a big point to prove this season though. And if he doesn't perform on defense, it limits the team. I think he's still going to be lazy at times. He's going to play pick and choose defense, but I still got them finishing fourth. And that's because I think Ben Simmons is actually going to have a good year. But if Ben Simmons doesn't and loses confidence and it's, it just goes shaky, they'll finish below the heat for sure. This one is a very controversial pick. The Phoenix Suns. I think they're on a, in for a big meltdown. But as of now, the roster is still not too different from last year. They lost Jay Crowder because he doesn't want to come off the bench. And Cam Johnson is about to come up, about to start because he's just a better player at this stage. And they want to develop him. And Jay Crowder didn't want to come off the bench. So he's causing a ruckus. He wants to leave. And then the whole Aiton situation. They obviously didn't offer him a new contract. They matched the Pacers deal. And he just didn't seem very happy at media day. He said him and Monty Williams hadn't talked. Chris Paul, I mean, he's only a year older. Is he going to get injured? He's been 
fairly healthy the last two years. He didn't fuck up his hand at the end of the season last year, but came back just in time for the playoffs. But he's not getting any younger. I think Devin Booker is going to be one of the best players in the league this season. He's going to continue to get better. But I think that team hit his ceiling last season. I think Mikhail Bridges will be great again. But I think that team hit its ceiling. And it's going to be such a drag for Suns fans. Because it's like, I've been in that position before. In 2013-14, the Clippers, the previous year, had lost to the Grizzlies after the best season in franchise history. And I was like, I don't give a shit what we do in the regular season. All that matters is the playoffs. And that's how Suns fans are going to feel this season. It's going to be a drag. They're definitely not going to win as many games. I got them winning around 53-54 games, which will be good enough for the four seed for me. But they could melt down even more. I mean, there, there could be a huge fall-off for them. And I hope there is. But I'm going to go with the four seed for them for now. Number three, for the third straight year in the East, going with Milwaukee. Chris Middleton is still out for a significant portion of time, which sucks. I think Giannis will be the best player in the league. Going in, I, I think he's the best player in the league right now, but I think you can make a case for Curry and Jokic, especially Curry. But I like Giannis because he has he can't be attacked on defense like the other two. And even though Curry attacking Curry didn't really work, you can't even try to attack Giannis. And, and he, he gets the easiest baskets and puts the most pressure on the defense in terms of inside. Um, but again, if you think Curry's the best player in the world, I don't push back. But Giannis, for me, is the best player in the world. And he has been. This is the second year for me. You can argue even three years. But... He's going to be amazing. Drew Holiday is going to be Drew Holiday. Uh, they went out and got Joe Ingles, which disgusts me. And when Middleton comes back, they're going to be the best, I think the most dangerous team in the East come playoff time. But I got them finishing third for the third consecutive year. I also think that Giannis is going to be load managed. And so is Drew Holiday. And they've, they've been big on load management. So I'll have them finishing third. They're a little old, though. In the third place in the West, I got the Denver Nuggets. This team is going to be exciting. KCP and Bruce Brown coming in to help the perimeter guard. Losing Will Barton and Marcus, I'm sorry, Monty Morris. But Michael Porter Jr. is back and looked good in the preseason. And the biggest thing, Jamal Murray is back. He needs to be the 20-plus points per game scorer that we've expected him to be. And he and Jokic is a lethal tandem. They should be one of the best teams in the league. And if Jamal Murray plays back at that all-star caliber level... This team is as dangerous to win the championship as almost anyone. I don't think people are considering them just enough. Jokic is going for the Larry Bird this season, the trifecta. Three MVPs in a row. Can he do it? We'll see. And now for the final four. The number two seed in the East, the Celtics. I think despite everything that's happened with Ime Udoka, I think this Joe Mazzula guy is going to be better than people think. He's already been with the team. I think Tatum's going to be amazing. He's so fired up. Bill Russell just died. And I think the Celtics are going to, the players are going to be so, so gung-ho to show everybody that that coaching thing is not going to take them away from the goal. The only problem for them is Rob Williams is out to like December. And that's going to be tough because he's such a big player for them. But I think that the East, as good as it's become, just having Horford, now they're going to start Horford at the five, Tatum, Jalen, Brogdon, and Smart. And Brogdon's going to be such a great addition. I think they're stacked. And even though Gallinari's out, Grant, or they could even bring Brogdon off the bench and start Grant Williams, which honestly I would consider. I'd probably do that for size and then to boost up the second unit with Brogdon. And I also think Peyton Pritchard's going to have another good year. But the Celtics are still going to be really good. I got them finishing second. They're as, as much in the title conversation as anybody. Even though the Ime thing is going to hurt a little bit. I was going to go with them finishing first, but then the Ime thing happened. I was like, you know what? I got them second and the Rob Williams. 
second in the in the West. The Warriors. I think they're not going to be as serious in the regular season. I think they're going to just make sure they're healthy in the playoffs, and that's what they did last year. And coming off a title and being a year older, I think they're going to do the same thing. Draymond Green, after punching Jordan Poole, I mean, I'm so interested to see how they come out tomorrow against the Lakers. It's going to be really weird. Just a lot of tension. That was not a normal incident. I mean, I know fights happen in locker rooms, but there was a lot of force behind that punch. It was weird. And I don't know if that's going to fracture the team chemistry, who, which they have been the golden standard for chemistry, for a unit, for an identity, a culture that they've established over there in Golden State. But it's going to be weird. Jordan Poole, sixth man of the year favorite. I got him winning sixth man of the year. Um, I think Steph Curry will be right in that best player in the world conversation yet again. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to be high off confidence off that second best player in the world. I'm sorry, second best player on the championship team run that he had. I think he'll definitely make all defensive team this year because they're not going to be stupid. But you never know with the media. They're so stupid. Klay Thompson, full season back, first one. He's going to be even better, I think. And the young guys, the Kumingas, the Moody's, Wiseman's back, taking the lead. Patrick Baldwin. They're so deep, Golden State. And Kavon Looney just got paid. He was so great in the playoffs. The Warriors still have as good a chance to win the chip as anybody. You can say they're the favorites, too. I got them finishing second in the West. And the number one seeds in each conference. The number one seed in the East. I got the 76ers for the second time in three years. I think that they're going to take the regular season seriously. I think Embiid is going to win MVP after being so close for two straight years. I think James Harden has lost weight and is going to have a better regular season. Will he be the Harden of old, of before the hamstring injury in Brooklyn? And obviously the last year in Houston? I don't know. I'm not sold. But Tyrese Maxey is going to take another leap. They went out and got P.J. Tucker and DeAnthony Melton and Montrader. They have a really solid squad. They're going to be the number one seed to me. The only thing holding that back is if Embiid gets injured. But even if Harden's not the Harden of before the hamstring, I think he's still good enough to average 22 and 10. And Maxey may even be their second best player. And they still have Tobias Harris. Like, they have a really good team. I think they're still pretenders, but they're going to be the number one seed in my opinion. And then, obviously, the number one seed in the West. I got to do it, right? We've never been the number one seed. Why not? The Clippers have the best roster in the league, in my opinion. Length, wings. I mean, I don't need to talk about them more because I'm doing locked on Clippers. But it's really all about Kawhi Leonard at the end of the day. How healthy can he be? Same with Paul George. And how good does he look? Right now in preseason, he's looked really solid. Um, Will he get 30 minutes tomorrow against the Lakers? I don't think, I'm sorry, Thursday against the Lakers? I don't think so. I think he's going to get like 27, 28 minutes. But I think as the season progresses, he will be the Kawhi Leonard of old. And I think the Clippers' depth and the coaching staff and how long they've been together. Marcus Morris looks so good. Luke Kennard looks so good. There's no reason why the Clippers should not be able to get 60 wins. And if Kawhi and Paul George play 60-plus games each, or even 55-plus games each, they still should win 60 games because this team has shown the capability of even without their best players being able to win because Ty Lue is an offensive genius. He's the best adjustment coach in the league. He motivates his guys, and the Clippers are fucking deep. So that's my standings, ladies and gentlemen. As for the awards, rapid fire, I said it, MVP, Joel Embiid. Sixth man of the year, Jordan Poole. Coach of the year, I'm going to go with Willie Green of the Pelicans. Former Clipper Willie Green. And most improved, I'm going to say Cam Johnson. I think that's mostly going to come with opportunity. I think the most improved player is very hard to, to predict because it's just a player that you don't expect and it just improves all of a sudden. So I think it could be Cam Johnson. Um, but yeah, those are my picks. And then defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Herb Jones. 
But I could be wrong on that one. Anyway, that's my episode, guys. Last couple of comments I want to read. Yo, is that my man T-Mac Tracy Hunter shooting the Super Chats? My fucking guy, man. I hope you're good, dude. We got a link or something, man. I still see my boy Oceans, dude. You got to link up with us. But shout out to everybody who listened. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and have listened to this damn 56 minutes of me rambling about every fucking team in the league, you are the GOAT. I appreciate you. Keep tuning in. Keep giving me feedback and give me a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. I'm still not at 1,000 on, on Insta, so please go follow me on that. And then, of course, follow and subscribe Locked On Clippers. I shouldn't say follow. Subscribe Locked On Clippers on YouTube because I do that as well. But keep subscribing and keep telling your friends about this shit. If you have a friend that's a Laker fan, Clipper fan, NBA fan, that loves NBA history. By the way, my historic videos are still going to come here and there during the season. I'm sorry I did not make as much progress as I would have liked. Getting the Locked On gig really hurt that. And my Wi-Fi just needs to get better. By the way, let me know how I'm coming in. Is my sound good? Is my picture good? I really want to know that all season because my production has gotten better each year. And I really want to know if it's if it's good because it needs to keep getting better. We need to keep improving. So let me know. But thanks for joining me. Tomorrow it all begins. Season 3 of Dime Dropper. I will be live. Clippers, I'm sorry, Lakers, Warriors. Ring night. A lot of tension. Let's see how the new look Lakers are. Draymond Green, what kind of reception is he going to get from the Bay Area fans? Game one begins tomorrow. I will be live after the game. And I will. I have to do something during the Celtics game, so I don't know if I'll be able to watch that to the fullest of my abilities, but I will try to give you some feedback on that as well. Bill Russell just passed away, so it's going to be really emotionally charged as well if the game's in Boston, which I think it is, but I'm not 100% sure. But I'm looking forward to it all season long. The Clippers are back. They're back in contention. Championship or bust. You already know how it is. Game day vlogs are coming. And let's get it on.